0: Glad you guys made it on uh, Daylight Saving Sunday. Make sure you greet someone in half an hour when they come in. Um, Hey, uh, you know churches all across America have been kind of joining together with our brothers overseas by watching a video um just to remind ourselves of the greater body and so over the last few weeks churches across our nation have been watching this this brief video and i thought it'd be good for us to join them as well so we're going to show that right now to uh, before i start my message you know it is a very dangerous time to be a christian Torture, beheadings, destruction. the of highest life. level of persecution of Christians. A church congregation barricaded themselves in from hundreds of riot police. They are enduring attacks for their faith. Longest the savage kidnappings of Christian schoolgirls in Nigeria by Boko Haram and the burning of Christians. images of violence dominate headlines. Christians are being warned to have a choice: convert to Islam, pay a very steep price, or face death chilling new video showing the beheading of 21 Egyptian Christians beheadings of 21 Christians 21 Christian men beheaded by Islamic State the title of the video is a message signed with blood to the nation of the cross the the sharpest jump in violent uh, attacks against Christians we need to make the persecuted church an issue of prayer Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3 says, Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. These men who were uh, martyred just a couple weeks ago... um, You know, the Bible says, remember them. And so that's what churches across our nation are doing is no, we're going to remember them. But the scriptures take it a a step further. It doesn't say just, just give them a second in your service and remember them and then flip the channel and move on to the next thing. It says, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. And I started to, you know, I was just dwelling on that verse and going, God, how do I do that? Because, man, we just jump from one thing to another. That's our culture, right? And it's saying, remember them as though you were in prison with them. Remember those who were mistreated. Remember those right now who are being, because that's, that's 21 that we saw that were, were visible, that YouTubed everything, but there were also other videos that were too gross to watch of crucifixions and people lined up, and I've seen some of those images, and they stick in my head, and, and, and then it goes, okay, remember them as though you're with them, and remember those who are being mistreated. Why? Because they're a part of the body. So you know how the, the, the Bible says, okay, yes, we're a body, but they're a part of the body. And it says, if any part of your body suffers, we all suffer with it. And it's like, man, don't just leave them out there. Don't just go, okay, that's, that's, that's them. But for me, you don't understand, I, I had a pay cut this week. It's like, really? So, so what, is it, what does it mean to, to say, I'm going to remember them like I'm with them? I mean, this is the Bible. Like I'm in prison with them, and man, I struggle with this. I'm going, God, I want to. I, I, so what I did, I started reading some of their stories, man, because it's crazy. We throw like 21 names on a board, but each of them represents a life, a soul that's just as valuable as mine, if not more so, right? And and I was reading about a couple of them. Um, you, you know, one guy, Samuel. I mean, he was engaged. He' was engaged to be married, and i 'm just going, God, I remember those days Man, I remember that and i, I can 't imagine what what if what if you know my my fiance suddenly sees my face on a television screen and go I thought he just went he just went to go to work, he just went to find work there in Libya, and he was coming back. he was raising money so we could get married. I read about another guy who, when he left to find work there that he didn't know that he had left his wife pregnant. You know, and he'll never see his kid. And you, These are real stories. These are real people who love their wives and their kids just as much as we do. And so how do I remember them as though with them and not just, you know, leave this room and go, okay, where are we going to lunch? Like, it's, it's, it's hard. I, I don't know if you've ever wrestled with this, where, where sometimes you almost you almost feel guilty right because it's almost like an opposite I, I do this where I go why me it's the opposite of how we usually use that term why me most people are like why me you know why did my car battery die why the, you know but I'm going God why me why am I born here right why do I, I have a bathroom with running water? Like, I don't get it. Like, why, why is my life this way? And I get to go home to my kids, and, and, and that kid will never see, you know, her, his or her dad. Why, why me, God? Why? And sometimes you get to this point where you almost feel guilty for the life that God's given you and because you don't know how to make sense of it. Yet we know in Acts 17 that God determined when we were going to be born and where we were going to be born. And there was a reason why every single person was born when they were, where they were. God allotted it all according to this greater, greater plan of his. And it was his plan that brought you here on time here today. Somehow there's a truth in that. But the wrestle is there seems to be such a vast, vast, dichotomy it's like okay so i have two choices right now either i go to libya or somewhere in the middle east and i'm martyred for my faith like what we read about in scripture or i live in silicon valley and just have a nice family a nice home and i go to church services right like like it feels like this is this is too weird Man, I remember thinking about this as a young man as I was heading into ministry and going, gosh, what do I do? God, what are you calling me to? I started thinking, you know, do you want me to go overseas, live off of next to nothing, you know, risk my life for the gospel, maybe even die for the gospel? Or do you want me to be a pastor in America and have a nice little family, a home, a good salary, and retirement? And my question is, is, Is there a third option for those of us who live here? And I would argue, yeah, I think there is. There's a third option for us, that it's not just let me live my life comfortably here and let them suffer over there, but is there a way that I can actually join in their suffering and actually help them as they suffer and remember them as a part of the body? And this, this is similar to what uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he gives us the example of Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 8 verse uh, 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. And in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you be burdened. But as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need. So that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever whoever gathered little had no lack. So there is a third option. It's not, they suffer over there, we live comfortably over here. It's like, well, how about those of you who have an abundance, kind of do what Jesus did. Because Jesus had an abundance. And he says, you know what, I'm going to empty myself for your sake so that, you, you know, I'll, I'll become nothing and you become rich. And Paul says, now I'm not asking you to, to just take all the burden yourself so that their life is easy. He's just saying, I'm looking for a little equality here. Okay? Maybe you kick it down a notch, you know, so that you can raise their level of existence up a little bit. You know, my wife has a little plaque in our house that it says, uh, live simply so that others may simply live. It it's just a reminder of, do we really need more stuff or, or can I start thinking about these other people? Man, you, you know, yes, you, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm not family. time. Well, they got no family time. You know, so maybe I, I, I kick it up a notch, make a little bit more, give away a little bit more, serve them, think about them, be a little bit more Christ-like, and remember them as though I were with them, and as though I was there. And it's, it's difficult, it's hard, because you guys, we're bombarded by so many messages that are, that are constantly telling you, look out for yourself, you're the victim, Poor you. You're driving a used car. Poor you. You only have two bedrooms. Poor you. You know, and it's just the whole world is feeding you, feeding you, feeding you. But what we're, we're talking about, this, this series, is life in the kingdom. It's different here. It's different with us and our brothers over there because those are our brothers and sisters. In the kingdom, we don't just say, oh, that's their misfortune and God's chosen to bless me. In the kingdom, we go, well, God blessed me for a reason and it's not so that I could just spend it on me. It's so that I could show Christ to the world, like, look at all the stuff we've been given. I don't need it, man. They're the ones who need it. Let me empty myself and benefit them. And he says, you know, it's, it's, it's like that old, you know, uh, he, he talks about the manna, the bread from heaven the, is the illustration, you know, that he's taken uh, where, where he says, you know, you know how before, like uh, in the Old Testament, when God provided, some people couldn't gather a whole lot. They couldn't get out of their house, maybe a physical need. So those who could gather more said, you know what, let me gather more and bring some to you. He says, I want equality in the body. I want equality. And so when you see people starving or, or, or you know, they're, they're, they're just being tortured right now, and then you look at your life, you go, that's not equality. I need to somehow bridge this gap. Let me empty myself like Christ did. Now, and This isn't a forced thing. This doesn't earn you your salvation. But what Paul says to the, the Corinthian church was he's talking about their desire. He goes, you, you actually want to. And, and, and earlier he gives the, the example of the churches and how he, he talks about God's grace to the Macedonian churches because these guys didn't even have a lot. And it says out of their poverty, they wanted to give to the persecuted church in Jerusalem. And it's like, man, what an example. These guys were in poverty. Be like a church in Ethiopia go, man, I want to give to that. And and by the grace of God, because God gave them grace, it's like they had this desire. They were begging Paul, please let us help. And Paul's going, no, you hardly have anything. Let me go to some of the richer churches. You know, let me go to the Bay Area. Let me go here. And and it was these poor churches that are going, no, we want to give. It was churches in India go, I want to give to that. You you know, and, and, and Paul's just praising, going, man, look at the grace that those people have. They got next to nothing and they want to give man that's the grace of god god changed their hearts they weren't thinking about themselves and that's what this is about it's about who we want to be it's like god i want to be that person that doesn't think about himself can you show me that kind of grace where i'm always just praising you saying blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering gosh this is fine i got my future taken care of this is cool I just want to give, give, give. God, make me that type of person. So I want to take a moment now. I want to pray for them, their families. But I want to pray for us too. You know, that we, you know, like it says, may their blood be the seed of a revived church here. That they didn't die for anything. We look at them. We look at their faces as they're about to lose their heads. And we go, you know what? That just gives me strength. You know what if you're going to do that for the Lord and you're going to you're in his presence right now man you didn't die for nothing that that changed something in me and I want to pray that it changes something in us so would you pray with me Father right now I thank you that I have brothers and sisters overseas who are so strong in you and they're being tortured for you right now. God, it's so hard to understand when we think our sacrifice is setting an alarm clock. We've grown so comfortable sometimes, Lord, that we just get confused. We feel guilty almost rather than using our blessings for them. But God, thank you that you've put us on a team with such godly men and women who are in prison right now. So, Father, though we can't see them, We can't talk to them or physically comfort them. We think about them right now in prison. And we try to imagine ourselves being with them. Just begging them to hold on and telling them that it's going to be worth it. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would be doing that in their hearts and minds right now. God, that they would not deny you, that they would be faithful even until death so that they will receive the crown of life that you have promised to those who love you. Help them to persevere. God, and may their testimony fuel us to serve you wholeheartedly and to use whatever you've given us for their sake. They cannot gather right now, so help us to gather more to provide for them. Father, you put us in this room for a reason. You know your ways are way beyond ours, your thoughts. So God, show us. Show us why we're here. And for those who are supposed to go, make it clear to us. And we'll be about your kingdom here. And we'll be just as serious about you But right now, Father, be with their families, Of those 21 martyrs who represent thousands across this globe. We just forget about ourselves for a second, and we ask you to point all your attention towards them, strengthen them, encourage them, Remind them of the hope that's before them, that they don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, that are eternal, that they walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Father, that you are enough, that Jesus is enough for all of them In his name we pray. Amen. Well, we've been in this series called uh, Life in the Kingdom and uh, how we just are called to live differently here. We don't just watch something like what we watched and move on. I remember. Do you guys remember watching that movie? Uh, It must have been ten years ago. I think it was called it was called Hotel Rwanda, and there was that scene where uh, where. um the, the cameraman, or I, I don't remember it completely. It was like a reporter, and you know, and they had filmed all of the genocide and everything going on in Rwanda. and go, go, You gotta just show it. Man, I know if you show it in the States, this will change everything, right? Remember that scene? Just get it on the TV once they see it, and the guy just looks at him and goes, You don't get it. You don't get it. What's going to happen is I am going to show it in the U.S. and the people are going to stop eating, look at the screen and say those poor people and then go right back to their meal. And I just remember that scene going, man, he's so right. Like we, we turn it on, we flip the channel like we did when we were kids and you'd see the starving kids flip the channel before I think about it too much. Oh good, here's a comedy. Here's a drama. Here's an action flick. I can take my mind. That's what we do here. Well, that's what they do here. And the Bible says we've got to live differently. Life in the kingdom is different. And this, this morning we're going to talk about this issue of being subject to one another. It's about authority. Okay. Again, how does the world view authority? Doesn't everyone just love authority? Doesn't everyone just talk about how they love the police? You know, and how they love our president. They love the politicians. Don't you, it, at work, doesn't everyone just talk about how great their boss is? Don't you love that? Women, don't you, don't you guys get around and just talk about how wonderful your husbands are? I mean, students, you talk about how great all your teachers are and how fair they are to you. See, this is the world we live in that hates authority, and that's why you have people that question God for his laws, saying he has no right, just like the president has no right, just like that teacher has no right, just like you as parents have no right. You know, and, and, and the Bible says, "No, this is different in the kingdom. We don't look at authority that way. The way we submit to each other, the way we talk about authority, we actually pray for the authorities. We speak well.